We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome everybody to Dream Draft Rules, everything around me. Y'all know what it is. We here for episode. Oh my god. Three? Episode three of Dream this year, I believe this is. So welcome, welcome, and welcome to everyone tuned in if you are tuned in to the live show thank you for being here um you are listening to dream on the Knicks film school network of podcasts affiliated with the blue wire network of podcasts and uh dream is one of the many shows we've got where you can come in and talk to us live so i'm your host chris percy of wfuv sports and of course I'm trying to point to the logo in the corner. Sorry for listeners. Nick's Film School. And uh, you're tuned in to and ask me anything pretty much is what we've got going on. Um, if it's not your first time listening to Dream, sorry about that. But I'd like to welcome in people who are joining us live and, you know, welcoming themselves to the family of, of dreamers here. And, and, and listen, man, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. So March Madness. Madness is on, rage is on. Uh, the tournament continues, he, and it's fun. Where I'm having a good time watching these games. We've got some good underdog victories. Um, you know what? Let's talk about that quickly because I think it's a good lesson that March Madness is so much less about who has the best NBA prospects and so much more about the best coaching and the best team, the most depth in the rotation. Now. Jordan Hawkins, currently number 16 on my big board, is who I would say is the best prospect remaining in the NCAA March Madness tournament. Out of the four teams that are left, FAU, nine seed, San Diego State, five seed, Miami, five seed, UConn, four seed. He plays for that four seeded UConn team. Um, 
maybe not a coincidence that the best seeded team remaining has the best prospect, but he, you know, there's an argument that he's not the best player, just the best prospect. So uh, Hawkins has been fantastic. And we talked a little bit about him last time out here on dream, but I want to revisit that. I want to revisit that conversation because receiving that question on Hawkins made me want to go watch more tape um, and, and, feel more confident in what I was saying. Cause when you watch the games live, you have a tendency to overhype the big shots and over exaggerate the extent to which the bad shots are bad. Like when you're going through the ups and downs of a game live, it's different um, than when you can sit and pause it and watch it with a more measured mind when you're not in the madness of March. Right. And so I went back and watched Jordan Hawkins most recent game from the tournament. This kid shoots like a maniac. I, I mean, I tried not to overstate his shooting ability, get too excited. I feel like I should have just leaned into the bit. Like I regret not just being myself behind the mic. So I'm going to do it now. Jordan Hawkins is a sniper flat out period. That kid can rip the pill from deep and listen, he can do other things too. Now there are scouts out there that are really smart that are actually smarter than me. Um, because that's not too hard. And guys like Jonathan Wasserman over at Bleacher Report have Hawkins number 40 on their board. Not a big fan of what he brings to the table outside of his shooting, but there are other analysts out there like the great, the venerable presidente of the Strickland. Um, and he sees Hawkins as someone who can do all the little things that are part of having a full scoring bag. And I was talking to Prez about this on draft Strickland, an episode that will come out soon. And we were discussing how uh, I'll use a different analogy here, but like if everyone's got a bag, right? Like Hawkins already has the hem and the seams like they're all done gorgeously already he has all those little wrinkles in his game already it's just about applying them in the most optimal way and i think that that is why i understated his game last time out and then when i rewatched it with the more measured mind i was able to notice because in the moment you don't really notice you just think oh that this kid <laughs> is taking the ball running with it and ripping it from three whenever he can. But when you watch it back, when you watch clips back, I think you really notice, in my opinion, at least I notice more um, how skilled he was at creating space for himself off the dribble, what he's able to do in terms of uh, just with the ball in his hands, how adept he is uh, at, just being nimble. He's he's nimble out there, but he can shoot, shoot, shoot the rock. Um, and so that is all cool and dandy. Now, the issues with Hawkins, and I, I, I would like to think I touched on this a little bit when I talked about him. Um, but we'll we'll just we'll we'll do this all again. We'll redux this convo. Um, the things with him that aren't the best are the playmaking, the defense, what he brings to the table outside of his creation offensively. Now, I don't think he's just a shooter. I think he's a shooter and a shot creator. Can he translate that to creating shots for others? Um, can he bring the motor to the table on the defensive end to stick around and really 
give people hell out there. I think he has that dog in him to do that. I do. Um, but it does, it does have to show, I think at the NBA level, you know, you're dealing with a lot more physicality. Um, and, and I think that, you know, essentially you kind of have to reprove yourself. So that, that is that, um, I want to, I want to give a little shout out. I want to give a little shout out to, I mean, I do, do I go with APJP? Do I go with APJP? I, I, I got to give a shout out to my guy behind. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with APJP. I'm going to give a shout out to my guy behind the boards um, for putting this all together for us. I am ready to field questions. So APJP, you want to send those through. I'm ready to take the people's questions as they come, but I've also got things prepared to talk about uh, as we get there, as you can tell from my insane scribblings. So let's do it. Um, my big board came out and if you haven't seen it yet, you can go to my Twitter page. It's twitter.com slash Chris Percy and you can go out and you have the opportunity to see the top 10 players in the NBA draft of 2023, according to me. So I'll show you on the screen for those tuning in on YouTube live. If you're listening to this afterwards, go check it out. It's the pin tweet on my profile, but my guy Zach did a fantastic job of making my work look presentable and not like this. So um, thanks, Zach. Shout out to you. And go check out the big board because that is what we're going to be running through right now. If you'd like to follow along as you listen to or watch this show, follow along with me. Uh, at number one, we have Victor Wenbanyama. And now these descriptors on my big board, you're going to see next to every player in a white box a couple words about that player. And, and to me, that's not a guarantee of what that player will be. It's a pretty high percentile outcome of what you would like that player to be. If you draft them, maybe 90th, 93rd, 95th percentile around there, a really nice, really incredible top end outcome for Victor Wemanyama, I think would be an all time. Great big man. Um, he's an all time prospect. He's an all time big prospect, but I put all time big for him because I do think that he's that kind of prospect where people are looking at him and saying, this guy is an all time potential guy coming into the league. So when Banyama, he is a guard. No, I'll put it like this. He's a wing that plays like a guard. You know, that style of player wing that plays like a guard, except he's the size of a center and takes on the defensive responsibilities of a center. He's everything bundled into one. He can dribble, pass, shoot, passing, not all the way there, but you just think with his height, he's going to be able to make some easy reads, but he's a, he's a dribble shoot big, which is crazy. Um, and that's why at seven foot four, seven foot five, he's the number one prospect on my board. Now, number two on my board is someone who among my close personal friends that I discussed the draft with is a polarizing prospect relatively. And that's going to be Scoot Henderson out of the G league ignite. I've got him as an all NBA engine. Um, you're really hoping Scoot can power up your offense and be the 
electric straw that stirs the drink. You know, those mixers for milkshakes, just like, and this thing spins around. And yeah, that's Scoot. He's nuts. Um, he's a superb athlete. And what's cool about that is he's walking into the league as one of the best athletes in it, as is a men Thompson, who's number four on my big board. Um, and, and the thing, the other thing with scoot is that that athleticism unlocks so much for him. He has access to such game breaking tools um, and abilities. And I also think he gives off that floor general vibe that people love from young point guards that they hate if they don't have, I think scoot has that. I think he has that ability to get out there, set the tone, offensively bring physicality to the defensive end and also some good instincts. I think that he can, he can really not start to translate because they have started to translate, but he could against professionals, you know, in the G league, but that he can bring to the NBA level and really show that he can be a dog on defense. He, you know, maybe you let him guard twos. You don't put him at the point of attack. I think you can put him at the point of attack. I think he can fill that role, even though it's, you know, you got to be really good to fill that role nowadays. Um, I think he projects to be able to fill that role completely fine with his size, size of his hands. Um, his wingspan isn't crazy, but he's he's going to be really good on both ends of the floor if he, everything goes well for him. And so that's why I've got him as the all NBA Lamborghini engine of an offense at number two on my big board. And number three is where things, of course, early get controversial. Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people have... Cam Whitmore behind Amen Thompson. I have him ahead of Amen Thompson. And for me, it's a it, with Cam Whitmore, it's really just like <sighs> I hate doing the whole comparison thing as the selling point of someone. Um, because I think if you're expecting a 19-year-old to become, you know, an all-star caliber player or whatever, and that's how you're gonna sell drafting them, and it, all you have is a comparison of like outlier development. I think that's a tough sell, but Jalen Brown just keeps coming to mind with Cam Whitmore, not the most prolific passer in any regard coming out of college, but you could tell he like got it. Like he saw what there could be to see, even if he knew he didn't see it. And he's just really focused on being an athletic jacked bully and whatever else. But to me, Whitmore, you know, had such a concerningly low amount of assists in, in the minutes he played, but I really think that in a more, you know, a more spaced floor, higher paced offenses in the NBA, that that rock is going to move more naturally. And he, you know, he can get an assist a game, you know, to start things out. He's really focused on being a good teammate. Like, I don't think it's a matter of, Oh, you're going to get an assist every couple games from him or every game and a half. Like, yeah, I think, in however many minutes he played, he had under 20 assists this year. I, I gave the right stat out on this show a couple weeks ago or last week. So yeah, um, not fantastic, but I buy literally everything else. I think to me, it's just, do you think he can pass the rock down the line? And I think he can, I th I'm using his athletic tools as the lens through which to look at him and his age and everything. And I'm just going to say he can figure it out. I'm going to bet on him to figure it out. And if he does figure it out, that makes him a really enticing wing to get your hands on incredibly athletic, that punch at the rim. Um, he does not have the on ball ability of Anthony Edwards, but in terms of the kind of explosive athlete he is, I, I don't know, you know, 
how many people necessarily are going to be able to stop Cam Whitmore um, if he's driving from the corner, for example. I'm not talking about crossing someone up and and being twitchy and lateral and everything right away. No, Cam's going to be, you know, straight line guy right away. The handle won't be super overdeveloped when he comes in at the league at 19. Like, I just do think that you're looking at someone who down the line is going to be able to take guys off the bounce um, who currently loves a step back three uh, and, and uh, just is built like a big mound of muscle. Like he's large, he's gigantic. And then that means a lot to me because if you trust your coaching staff, then you get that guy in the building and you let him grow into what you think he can be. You help him grow into what you think he can be. Um, and I think the mindset's pretty similar too for my number four prospect, Amen Thompson. Uh, he is an insane athlete. Sam Vecini has said that he's going to walk into the NBA as like a 99th percentile athlete. I'd go like 97, 98 just to play it safe. But like, yeah. Um, shout out to Sam Vecini for his amazing draft analysis. Shout out to Prez for his amazing draft analysis. Shout out to floor and ceiling and hoop intellect wilco and keandre my guys do great content shout out to the scouting rapport if you're not insane like me and don't have the time to watch all these full games they clip it all together and i watch those too they really help me out um, when i'm trying to remember a game that i watched a long time ago so shout out to the scouting report a lot of people out there that make better content than me that do great scouting reports better ones than me that that i take a lot of inspiration from so Definitely want to make sure they get their flowers when, when I've got the stage to give them to them. Shout out to uh, No Ceilings NBA. Shout out to Swish Theory. Great new website. Um, great work being done all around by the draft community. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud of it. It's cool. And I'm honored that I get to be part of it now um, here on Dream and with Draft Class. So thank you guys for listening. As an aside, you are really appreciated. Um, thanks, thanks for popping out. Thanks for being there live uh we'll resume the look through my big board but first we've got a super chat to answer brian twebel i hope i'm pronouncing your name correctly twibel i'm not going to continue to try i'm trying to do right by you but i'm just going to keep butchering it i'm sorry if it makes you feel better my last name has gotten pronounced 89 different ways in the last 24 hours. Um, Brian, great job planning your flag on Jalen Williams last year. How do you project another Jalen in hood? Shafino? Is he a starter or rotation guy in your eyes? Brian, thank you very much for the super chat. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching. Um, but thank you, especially for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Uh, it. It means a lot that you guys support the work that I do. Um, and it makes me feel a little less crazy when I'm up at four in the morning watching draft tape. My roommates knocked out and I have to keep the volume on mute. And <laughs> yeah, it's crazy being a college student and doing this. So you guys like bring a tear to my eye when you support. Um because you mean so much. So thank you. Thank you. Jalen hood. Shafino is a dog and I love him. I definitely think Jalen Williams is the better prospect between the two. Um, but that doesn't mean that Jalen hood. Shafino isn't fantastic. And let's take a look at my board right now where I've got Jalen hood. Shafino at number 15. Uh, I've got Jalen at 15 and he's right behind Maxwell Lewis. Who's now at 14. Um, and yeah, he's right above Jordan Hawkins, who's now at 16. So that's where I'm at right now uh, with Hood Shafino. I've got him 15th on my board. And I think 
you're going to like what I have to say about him. If you, if you're asking, cause you're a fan of him, I would think, um, when you talk about the modern NBA, you think a lot about jumbo initiators. You think a lot about how your point guard doesn't have to be your lead offensive creator. Uh, you see lots of teams have jumbo initiators and, and lead creators that are not point guards. Jalen hood. Shafino is someone who I think I can say something similar to what I myself or Deuce McBride was when he was a prospect. Um, and I loved Deuce McBride as a prospect. I had Deuce, I think 21st or 22nd in his class that year. I was in on him as a first round graded guy. And, and I just really thought that in a league where you have a jumbo initiator on every other team, you know, getting your hands on a point guard that can guard the point of attack, hit open threes, make the right passing reads, and for, you know, not just the point of attack, but overall really bring it on defense that, you know, that's kind of like the Drew Holiday model with Giannis. Um, that's what has worked really well for a lot of teams out there is having a point guard who can do the things you need. Um everything except for create reliable offense. And the reason for that is because you have someone else that can do that. So, you know, I actually really um I think that he's going to be really good. And I project Jalen hood Shafino. If I had to guess, I would bet on him becoming a starter long-term. I do think that the potential is there in regards to his ability to guard the point of attack long-term to make the right reads on offense long-term. Um, and to be a shot maker, which is like, I'm trying to talk about everything, but his shot making ability. Cause I think that's, the thing he's best at. So you're probably not as interested in my thoughts on that, but to give them to you quickly to wrap up, he is one hell of a shot maker. This kid will drive right at you, cross punch step and pull up. Um, for those who don't know, a punch step is when driving in, sorry for my listeners. I'm using my fingers to illustrate you are have, you have one foot ahead of the other and then you punch them inward. So driving, driving, feet are separated. You have one step, you know, in front of your defender and you pop back and take a jump shot. That's a punch step coming back. And, um, Max Lewis is someone that has that in his bag. I've noticed Jalen Hutchifino has that in his bag. He is great at creating space for himself. He's so decisive, six foot four, six foot five. I think Hutchifino is a good bet to be a good defender in the league, a good offensive player in the league and long-term a starter. Brian, thanks for the super chat. Thanks for the question. Thanks again, just for watching and being here and hanging out with me. Um, I appreciate you guys a ton. And Jalen hood Shafino is one of my favorite prospects this year. So um, I think that that was an awesome question for you to ask. Hey, hey we got a question coming in from GMAC, Andrew Claudio. In case you don't know, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to embarrass you, Andrew. Andrew is getting his own podcast where he can talk about the Mets. It's going to be called Mets Therapy. Go tune in when it debuts, when it launches. You got to go support it because it's going to be an amazing Mets podcast. Even if you don't like the Mets, you like the Yanks, you like another team, you're going to love hearing Andrew talk about the Mets. So tune in. Let's answer this question. One question for you in your expert opinion. Stop. What is the best explanation? The final of the final four we ended up with. Did the committee seed this tourney poorly or is parody also finding its way to college hoops too? This is good. Um, 
Thanks for the question, Andrew. Thanks for being here. And uh, I would say that, yes, the seating wasn't exactly. I Okay. I don't think the seating was done in terms of like, these are the teams we think have the best shot in the tournament. The seating was done and like, let's reward um, these teams for their accomplishments during the regular season. And as we know from the NBA, you know, playoff environment, basketball is just different. And that's why you're seeing in college basketball, uh, an amazing team like UConn who plays with pace, um, but not an insane pace, just an up-tempo one uh, and, and has an incredible advanced shot maker like Jordan Hawkins. That's how they're still dancing. Um, teams like, like Houston who are really good and talented, but don't play that fast. You know, Marcus Sasser, a really good college hoops guard, but um, play too slow. They play too slow. And so I got to say that I think pace matters. I think the seating reflects the parody in terms of, you know, I think John Rothstein, uh, everyone knows him as the most obsessed college hoops men out there. Um, he said not to be surprised before the tournament. He said not to be surprised if, you know, you saw several one and two seeds, not make the final four, not make the elite eight. Um, because he just didn't see those teams, as having amazing tournament chances compared to some of the underdogs compared to them in their, their division and their region. So I, I think that parody is finding its way to college hoops. I think that's the answer to your question is that the NIL has brought parody to college hoops in a way that is different than before. And that more schools than ever have access to better players than ever. You're seeing schools in the WCC really come out, and be real like Santa Clara is about to produce a potential first round pick in Mr. Brandon pods. Um, but I, you know, we'll see if he goes first. They got a lottery guy in Jalen Williams. The WCC has more NBA guys in the pac 12 this year. So um, I think parody is, is different in, in college hoops than ever, Andrew. But I also do think that the seating, you know, isn't, I think that parody resulted in there, there being teams that are regular season dominant and tournament dominant. And we're seeing those teams that are built for keeping the pace up when the game slows down. A lot of those teams are making it through to the end. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Um, I know it was a little bit convoluted. And if you want an answer, that's just one or the other it's parody go with parody um, because NIL is changing the game. Got a question from exhibition continues. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the question. Um, I do have people in the top 10. I can see falling to that 11 to 14 range. And it really honestly depends on 
what NBA teams think of these guys from the workouts. Um, the workouts could change these predictions entirely. So this is not gospel. Obviously nothing I say is gospel, but definitely what I'm about to say could change, but I would think Keontae George, unless he really wows teams and workouts could fall to that 11 to 14 range. If you look at mock drafts going out from the guys with the most draft sources, you see Keontae falling a little bit. I know Sam Vecini just put out a new mock draft, I think this morning, where Keontae went to the New York Knicks with the 15th pick. So definitely feasible that that happens. Because um, if Sam's got him falling to 15, then he can fall from 11 to 14. You know, Sam's really plugged in. Uh, I, I can't see Keontae falling as low as 15, but I've also been really wrong about this stuff in the past. So I would think he's drafted by that 12, 13 range, maybe by a team like the Knicks who just can't pass up on the talent. Maybe this is someone else that worldwide West gets really excited over um, and, and begs the team to draft uh, citing his experience drafting quickly as why they should listen. We'll see um, someone else would have to be Taylor Hendricks. And I really just think 11 is the spot. Like <laughs> I'm not sure he makes it to 13 or 14, but 11 or 12, maybe he could fall maybe, but I think Keontae George would be more likely to fall than Hendricks. Again, we've got to see how workouts go and I will update this based on then, you know, please continue to ask me this. Um, Cause I, I you know, there's always going to be updated information, but as of right now, I would look at, Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks as two guys that, you know, were are in my top 10 that really might not get drafted in that top 10. Thank you for that question. Exhibition continues much appreciated. Really, whether you're asking a question or not, thank you for being here. If you're asking a question, um, thank you for contributing to the show, for being part of it. I'm trying to just, you know, do the best show for y'all that I can. So helps a lot when you guys tell me literally exactly what it is you want to hear about. Um, until we get another question, I will go ahead and go back to talking about my big board a bit. Um, with Amen Thompson, you know, his athleticism is incredible. And I do think that that can apply to defense as well. I think what he can bring to the defensive end is much better than what he's brought so far. Uh, there's a stat that people use against Amen, which is the percentage of his plays in which he played in transition. Now, 16, 15% of plays being transition, that's normal. Um, and and an overtime elite it, for, for Amen's team, it was something like almost a third of their possessions were in transition. And so Amen and also are really got a chance to run the floor and fast, which they're great at. They're fantastic athletes, the two of them, the two, the two Thompson twins. Um, but people don't consider the fact that that faster transition pace uh, tired out these guys that they didn't put everything they could into defense because they needed so much energy to keep running and pushing the pace on offense. So I do think that the NBA game, you know, the floor is a little more spaced out. Ahmed might not have to work as hard to create. Um, Obviously, he needs to do an insane amount of stuff to create advantages at the NBA level, but he's a walking paint touch, this kid. I really think that, you know, he's going to look smooth out there. Um, again, I am not trying to loft these expectations upon him, but Shea Gilgis Alexander is the only guy in the league that I can reasonably use to say he might look something like that on offense in his 99th you know, 95th percentile outcome. Amen. Everything goes right. 
that's what you're going to get is that kind of slithery, weird creator that just seems to have these micro edges on the defense and a step, half step, eighth of a step ahead of them. And and then just that speed, that that handle, the passing ability, the finishing ability. I really think Amen Thompson is just one of those wow players. Um and that 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 his potential reflects that. Now I do think you have to look at the transition as uh, as you know he's not going to be doing that as much. He's going to be creating in the half court more. How will he do that without a jump shot? How will his jump shot come along? Um, and because of the fact that there's that big of a question about him, um, I do think that if the jump shot literally never comes along, we saw with our own eyes, how good Ben Simmons used to be. I know that's a controversial statement nowadays, but we were there. We saw it. We know it. The guy was really good without a jump shot because of his physicality, his athleticism, his vision for the court, his ability to create for others. And if he were twitchier and scrawnier and faster I think you're looking at what Amen Thompson can be without a jump shot. Someone who can zip past guys the way that he couldn't. Um, he can't bully them the same way in the post, but that perimeter aspect of his game is there. So it's not a direct comparison. And if you believe in Amen's shot to develop, then it's definitely not one. But Amen's shot is really far away right now. And and if you want to be realistic about what you might be left with, if you draft him, well, you can develop his passing and his defense and you could get a really, really good two-way player. Um, just not one that, you know, you can space the floor out to, to, to 28 feet, but Amen is fantastic. And I, I do think that with his creation potential, he should be, um, he should be someone who looks at, who you look at and think, yeah, like this guy could create offense for my team. Um, I also think if you already have a creator, that's not a reason to not draft Ahmed. If you're the Pistons and he's the best player on the board, take the guy, take the best players available. You need them. You need them. Take him. If you are the Rockets, take him. You need a creator. Put KPJ um, on the bench, whatever it is. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Ahmed is fantastic. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time to less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We will resume talking about the top 10. We've got six more players to touch on, but got some more questions according to APJP. So let's get them up on the screen. Let's 
hear from y'all dirty dancer what's going on thank you for being here and thanks for the question thanks for being part of the show um i know i'm saying it a lot and maybe it's ringing dry at this point but i just really want to let you guys know that it's amazing to me that i can say things about basketball and and there are people that will respond and and want to hear more like i i can't believe it so thank you guys for the support thank you for being here and for the question do you want nick smith jr even after his injuries and weak tournament um Nick Smith Jr. currently in the 12, 13 range on my board. Someone that interests me a lot as a scorer counters on counters. Someone who I think has the potential to make some good passing reads in the league and, and find guys pass them open, find them open. Um, but I, I even at six five, I, I don't really buy the defense too much. I don't think he's someone who's going to be, you know, stonewalling anyone. We saw how jacked IQ had to get, for example, at six foot three. Um, at six foot five, Nick has got to add a lot of weight and bulk to really be stonewalling people. Can he have the instincts or you know the the, the scrappiness? Um, I, I think he's going to be more of the maxi pool blend of player where you see that offensive all that energy go to the spurts of offense you the defense is there for maxi but it's not incredible philly's on off is pretty bad with maxi if you take a look into the advanced stats his defense isn't some fantastic thing it just exists i think that's where nick smith will be at i can see him being just like a tyrese maxi someone who has a bag who can create on offense for others but mostly for himself and then who doesn't exactly lock anyone down on defense, but isn't, you know, a, a turnstile either. I would want Nick Smith jr. In the lottery. If I were an NBA team, but if I were the New York Knicks with Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel quickly, even Quentin Grimes a year until he's even extension eligible shouts to GMAC for that contract update uh, the other day. Cause I didn't know that. Um, I'm no Jeremy Cohen, but between all the guys that the Knicks have that they like to play at the one, the two, the three, I don't think there's a great fit for Nick Smith on the Knicks, especially if he wants to get minutes. I think it would be a whole first year in Westchester for him, uh, which is not, you know, normal for a lottery pick that people think can score the ball on day one uh, consistently. So yeah, I wouldn't say he's the best fit for the Knicks, but you know, a team like the Spurs could take Nick Smith and I think really turn him into something. A team like the Magic could really use him off the bench. Um, there are a lot of teams out there that should be interested in him, if you ask me. Thanks for the question again. Ready, APJP, for the next one. Ben, Kim, Gurvey, what's going on, BKG? Nice to see you in here saying hi to Ben like he's my neighbor because he basically is. We are both in the Knicks Film School Discord. You too can join the KFS Discord. I believe it's the $6 a month tier that unlocks the Discord for you. You can come in, talk in the draft channel with me all the time, talk in the cap channel with Jeremy all the time, talk in the general channel with everyone all the time. Whatever it is, you want to bother Macri, Andrew, don't bother Macri or Andrew. But if you want to, uh, or, or me or Jeremy or Sean with a W or any of your favorite KFS personalities like XJ or Mensa, come in our Discord. It's very cheap. Very, very affordable compared to some of the, you know, big uh, tiers of subscriptions. You know, yeah, we've got the bigger tiers, but the Discord's one of the smaller ones. Come hang out. 
come chill with us. It's a really good time. And I really enjoy the quality of basketball discourse on there. It feels like I'm getting smarter when I talk hoops in there with our lovely KFS fans. Ben wants to know who do I see as having the mindset length and shooting to make it at the four and five in three years, assuming they put in the work. I'm going to go with Taylor Hendricks. I'm going to go with Taylor Hendricks. I'm not sure that he's a five at the NBA level. Um, in fact, I'm mildly confident that he will not be a five at the NBA level, but I'm also confident in his athletic ability and I'm confident in the tools that he showcases. I'm confident in um, not the instincts he's shown for defense, but the desire he's shown for defense. He he really wants to play defense. He wants to play well on defense. He wants to block your shot. He just doesn't have the instincts of someone like a Jairus Walker, but that's because Jairus is arguably the best defender in this class. And that, you know, Wembenyama's in there. Um, Wembenyama's definitely the best defender in the class. Just thought about that for like three seconds. Jairus is probably number two, though. Um, and that's a lot because of his instincts and then his potential with, that, with his athleticism as well. Hendricks doesn't have the instincts, but he already is pretty good on defense. He has good instincts, just not elite ones. And he is really, really, you know, promising in terms of that athletic potential as well. So Taylor Hendricks of UCF kind of like my Tari Eason of this year in terms of this guy's a big wing. Who's going to get drafted lower than he should because teams are scared of what's going to happen if he can't shoot, but I think he can shoot. We'll see what happens. I think Hendricks will get drafted higher than Eason did. If you remember the draft class exclusive report that came out that Eason had a couple of rough workouts that was confirmed by people on Twitter. Um, Yeah, I don't think Hendricks has that issue. I see him as having the mindset that teams won't question, but we'll see. See how that goes. I do think Taylor Hendricks of UCF is the answer to your question, Mr. Ben. Thanks for being here. Thanks for asking the question. I appreciate it. Con fictional with the question. Thank you for being here. Thanks for asking a cue. I appreciate it. Who do you think can be the Jalen Williams of the 2023 NBA draft? Oh, that's a tough one because Jalen Williams was a good cutter and a good everything. (laughs) Um, I liked his passing. I liked his defending. I liked his shooting. I liked his playmaking. I liked his, his propensity to get steals. I liked his scoring. Um, if you're asking what prospect is like him in terms of, you know, a good size wing that can hit threes and also do things with the ball in his hands, have some secondary playmaking potential. I'm going to go with Grady Dick because Grady Dick out of Kansas is like I said, arguably the best shooter in the draft class, but he's also got the ability to do other things with the ball in his hands. He has potential to play make um, given his size. It looks like he's going to be an okay defender, nothing crazy, nothing terrible. Um, I think Jalen Williams, I really loved him. Better prospect to me than Grady Dick, but barely or like just about the same. Maybe with the shooting being so elite from Grady's part, it's about the same because, wow, I really, I really did like Jalen Williams. Um, You guys have, have been really nice today in bringing him up and not uh, Johnny Davis. Uh, (laughs) So thanks. But I think it's important. We talk about that too. And, And Johnny Davis is someone like when I watch, you know, a player like 
Uh, I was just thinking of like a Maxwell Lewis. When I watch like a Max Lewis, who's from the same conference as Jalen Williams, the WCC, he plays for Pepperdine, not Santa Clara, but he would be my pick of the Jalen Williams of this draft, Max Lewis. I think that's the real answer you were looking for. A wing that is going to go higher than people expect um, or higher than you know, people say up until right before the draft and who ends up being really good that like nobody was talking about during March Madness because he's from such a small school. He just didn't play in it. Uh, I do think Max Lewis is someone that a lot of people are going to buy into. I like his defense. I don't hate his defense the way people hate his defense. I, I don't see him as a liability the way a lot of people do. And on the offensive end with Max Lewis, I, I like his potential to be a shot maker. Um, and I don't think he's going to be a bad shot taker. I think he can be smart out there on the court and, and create good looks for himself with his size and handle. Um, it's really about the playmaking. You know, do you think that'll come along? And do you think the defense will come along? I, I think the defense will. So for me, it's about the playmaking. I don't think he'll be some stud playmaker. I think he's smart with the ball. I think he's going to want to become smarter with the ball. He's got that work ethic. Um, it seems like from everything I've, I've read up on him, I've read up about on him. So I'm going to go with Max Lewis is the Jalen Williams of the 2023 NBA draft, even though it's an easy answer. Cause again, those are both WCC guys. Thank you. Confictional for the question, Brian with another super chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Um, you are helping either me get verified. Cause I might have to do that now and cough up, the 11 bucks a month because even the <laughs> Elon man, why? Um, thank you. And if I decide not to do that, you are helping by a broke college student. So much needed coffee. Uh, and sometimes tea. I am a tea person sometimes. Um, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. I don't want to like embarrass myself and, and lose my mind over a super chat, but like, Cheese, I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. And, and I'm really glad uh, you enjoy the content, or it seems like it at least. Thank you. Dolan gives you the keys for the offseason. What does the Knicks nailing the draft look like, assuming the Mavs pick conveys and is somewhere from 11 to 15? Brian, love this question. Thank you again for the super chats. I would say nailing the draft looks like a couple things. Number one, if somebody falls to that range, like a Taylor Hendricks, you take them and you develop them and you figure it out later. Get that young talent up in the pipeline. If Keontae George is there, I think you take him and get that young talent up in the pipeline. Um, if anyone that was in my top 10 is there besides case and Wallace, you take them and get them up in the pipeline. If case and Wallace is there, the Knicks have Jalen Brunson. The Knicks have Emmanuel quickly. The Knicks can trade down. They should let someone trade up who really wants a two-way force in Wallace. Um, I have Wallace described as a two-way floor general on my big board. And that's because that's a really good outcome. You know, that's a really good outcome for him. I think he could be that guy who sets the table on offense and is the quarterback on defense and really an, an elite defensive player. Um, I think you let someone trade up for him because you've got enough guards, small guards already. Um and if all those guys are gone, if you're sitting at 11 or 13 and the best prospect on the board is a Nick Smith Jr., um, is an Anthony Black, is a Grady Dick, I think you're at the point of the draft where, yes, taking those guys 
would be good, but take, just take the guy you think can pay the highest upside. And I say this because the Knicks developmental staff looks really good after these last couple of years. Um, and the Knicks are in a position that, you know, they might not be in again, which is to have a lottery pick. And so, especially with a big star trade looming where the Knicks might trade a lot of their first round draft selections. Um, I said last year to take a home run swing on Jalen Williams. Cause it might be the last time they pick in the lottery. Dallas's pick went to the lottery. They didn't draft at all last year, but if they get this Dallas pick and it's in the lottery, take your swing now before you regret it. New York, take that swing and do it on someone like Max Lewis. Who, you, If you think they can be an all-star, take them over a Grady Dick or a Nick Smith jr. Um, I wouldn't take Max Lewis over Keontae George or over Taylor Hendricks, but I, I would be willing to take him over the guys that are a couple slots ahead of him on my board. Cause and, and Prez of the Strickland has said this too. That's the strength of this draft class is that middle portion is that, seven to 15, seven to 17 portion of the draft class is just, you know, seven to 11 is studs. 12 to 17 is guys that would normally go eight to 12 in regular drafts. Like this draft is loaded. Take advantage of it. Draft in that loaded spot. Now, if you really have Intel, that's someone that you like for the final part, the third look for Brian's question. If you really have Intel, that's someone that you like, whether it's Max Lewis, Jordan Hawkins, Taylor Hendricks, whoever it is, they're going to fall lower trade down, go get them. If they're not there, you got, you know, um, tricked into losing out on your guy, whatever you think someone there has star upside, take them. If not punt the pick, just play it smart. Take advantage of this board. Leave with someone up the pipeline. They need young talent up the pipeline. And I think the Knicks are at a, at a juncture now where they're going to be consolidating. I, I wouldn't expect Barrett and Grimes to both be on this roster for longer. I think at least one will be moved, if not both, at some point over the next two seasons. And so you need young wing talent coming up the pipeline now, especially now that you have Josh Hart as a potential Grimes replacement, uh, a, a bigger wing talent of the ancillary kind. You want to hit on a Trey Murphy type of pick. You want to hit on that guy that can come in and, and contribute off the bench, can take some shots, can create some shots, can hit the open ones, can bring defense to the table on and off the ball. I think Max Lewis really needs to come along on the defensive end, but he has potential there. I think Jalen Hood Shafino has potential there if he comes along with, um, just the overall efficiency. I think Jordan Hawkins really has potential there. If the defense gets dog doggy, I think he has potential there. And so um, even jet Howard, I'm not as in on his defense, but he's a bigger wing. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He's someone I think could be worthwhile as the Knicks of the, for the Knicks to bring in as like a younger twitchier Evan Fournier, like an athletic Fournier, um, someone who can come in and, and be like a, I'm trying to think of a different comparison for Jet, someone who's on the Knicks, because uh, you know Evan, the Evan comp doesn't do either of them justice. Um, I'm just Jet can Jet can attack uh, tilted floors. I don't think he'll tilt them himself, but six seven, six eight with a legit handle, legit shot, got a lot of st good stuff going on. Go grab somebody in this range that 
you know, nine to 17 range or, or however you want to look at it, get someone from the, the meat and potatoes of the class, which is to me in the middle to late lottery, because you're getting all early to mid lottery caliber guys. So hope that answered your question, Brian. Thank you for asking. Thank you for the super chats. Um, Jay vertical. What's up, man. Thanks for popping out. Thanks for supporting the stream. It's cool to see you in here. Um, so thank you, man. Who in your opinion gives one a vibes on a championship team? To me, it's Osar. Hmm. This is tough. I think if I had to pick a Thompson twin, I would probably go on men. And that's because I don't know if I buy Osar's shot creation off the bounce to that point. Um, Brandon Miller to me strikes me as someone that could be a number two, Jarris a number three. Um, a one a well, other than when Banyama, um, if anyone has potential to be a one a, ooh, 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 wow, this is tough. I'm gonna go with if Keontae George hits his 99th percentile outcome and has a great surrounding cast, and he could be the the best guy, the first guy on a on a on a contending team everything goes right. But I really don't want to loft these expectations on anyone in the class. Uh, I do think when Manyama is going to get them, uh, but he may not have to be a number one for this to be a successful pick. So, you know, it's a tough one. Um, I don't think I'm there with Osar personally, but I, I like that that as a dark horse pick, it's fun. Um, I'd go with, with, you know, amen. Um, with you know Victor Scoot, obviously the top guys, and 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 Keontae George would be my dark horse of a one A. That would be my uh, my sneak, my sleeper pick. Thank you for the question, Jay Vertical. Much appreciated. Um, I want to add, guys. You know, I, I'm down to go a little past eight. So maybe we'll say, how about we say 805 for rap 805 instead of eight today. Let's do five extra minutes of dreaming here together. Cause we've got a lot of comments. There's a lot of you in the chat today. Um, and I really appreciate y'all. I appreciate the super chats. Um, again, you're either helping pay for my verified check to help get my content out there to more people and investment in myself and my own scouting, my own reporting, um, or you're paying for me to like eat. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, thank you for the super chats. Exhibition continues with the rise of Emmanuel quickly as the Knicks backup point guard slash shooting guard slash everything. <laughs> yeah. Where should the Knicks draft focus be? There are too many prospects for us to punt this year, even though the team has improved. Yeah. I don't think your Knicks should punt the pick. I think they should select young talent, bring them up in the pipeline and keep some new fresh rookie cycles on the cap sheet. I would say the draft focus should be on a big wing or a wing of any kind that can come in and bring versatility to the table offensively and defensively. Someone who can switch defensively to the three or the four, someone who can hit the open three, but attack the closeout or pull up for a jumper, have a mix of those abilities. I would say, excuse me, a bigger wing, um, you know, whether that be Taylor Hendricks, whether that be Max Lewis, even Grady Dick, uh, Jet Howard, I guess is a bigger guard, but he's a six, seven, you know, he's, he's a wing. He's out there. He's on the wing. Um, I would say the focus should be on wings. 
but bigger ones, particularly because of the defensive and versatility related advantages. Thank you for the question. Exhibition continues again. Guys are asking awesome questions today. Really appreciate you. Um, yeah, like how you felt. This is awesome. Thank you for the questions. All right. We have got another question from Mr. Ben. If the Knicks traded the Dallas pick at 11 or 12 for the two Indiana picks, which would be 25 and 29, who would you target? Cool question, Ben. I, I think this is a different look at the draft than I've taken on the show so far. So thanks for stretching it out in this direction. Um, I do appreciate that. I will say first that I don't think the Knicks should or would do this. And the reason I say that so decisively is because they're in a situation now. And I think you'd agree with me here, Ben, that they've got too many good players for too few rotation spots. Um, Many fans of the Nick faith, Full. Many members of the Nick Faithful, apologies, of Nick fans want Deuce McBride to play, but it's not necessarily realistic for him to play given the rotation right now. So, um, yeah, I would not, you know, think the Knicks would look to grow in rotation players that they've got on the team that I think they want to consolidate. But at the 25 and 29 range, number one target would be Jed Howard. If he's there that low, Go after him, go grab him, um, go get him. Number two target would be Max Lewis. I think that's a range that he could fall to. Sam Vecini had Howard going 24 and Lewis going 28 in his mock today. I personally um, see those guys going higher, but Sam would know more than me. And the guys he had above them are all good. So, you know, Kobe Bufkin, someone who he had above both of those guys. Uh, there's many have made the argument that Bufkin is Michigan's best prospect. And I don't necessarily hate that take. He's a year younger. Um, or no, he's the same age as Jed Howard. He's just a little younger. Um, he just went to college early. So he's played several years in college, but he's the age of a freshman. Like, that's a total Knicks grab Kobe Bufkin, someone else. I think they should look at, I think he can handle, I think he can drive. I think he can pull up that has that potential. So yeah, I'd look into Kobe Bufkin if I were the New York Knicks and, and you know, they decided to trade bag. Um, he does need to bulk up as like every prospect ever does, but his efficiency was good. He's good. He's a sign that, you know, he's outperforming the other kids out there. He's better than them today. He can come into the league and, and be better than them when they come into the league, you know, and continue to grow from there. So, yeah, I would say those three guys are, are good. And, and to give you someone else I haven't talked about yet, I will go with... Julian Strother. Gonzaga, he's 21. Um, I would say he was... In the first round, out of the first round, in the first round, out of the first round, in the first round, back and forth throughout the year. Um, but he had some good stats to end the year, 17, 18, 16, somewhere around there, points per game, round half of his shots going in. Um, and I know he was a 40% three-point shooter to end the year for a good sample size. Uh, shout out to Sam Vecini for that stat. So 
Um, yeah, Julian Strother looks good. He hit a really, really clutch shot in the tournament. And no, he's not a great defender. So don't think he would get early minutes for the Knicks. But I do think they would love to develop him as someone that, you know, comes in and, and fills in for whoever is, you know, anyone at the three or four has to miss a game. Strother would then get in the rotation, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that's going on, I, I think um, that would be someone they look at. I just can't see them moving down, but those are four guys for them to check out. Um, I guess the shortest wing on that list that I could add would be Colby Jones. Jason asked me about him. Jason Meredith asked me about him last week. Uh, Colby Jones is cool. He's cool. Good, decent shooter off the catch. I said he has Derek White vibes um he's well-rounded he's he's 21 six six wing fake guard wing like he's he's cool he's cool yeah thanks for the question ben um yeah let's do let's do 10 more minutes guys let's do 10 more minutes get in your final questions your final super chats um get in your thumbs ups and your shares share the stream with a friend we got about 10 minutes to go i will get back to my big board just to talk about one more player that's on there. Um, and that's Keontae George. I've got him on there as a star combo guard. Um, but me, I think he's very intriguing. Um, and I just wanted to bring up one more point about him. If he hits, he's one of those guys that everyone feels stupid for not having in their top 10 or their top eight, but he really strikes me as one of those guys that people put at 15 cause they don't buy the hype and they end up being like, wow, that was too low. I'm sorry. Wow. That was too high. I, I should have gone with 20 should have gone with 18, 22. I think that there are a lot of guys in this draft class who will come out and be, you know, like sneak contributors to really, you know, good teams or it's, the minutes are tough to come by, but I think there are guys that long-term will look like they should have been picked. Uh, picked over George. And I do just think that you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, John Macri, some of you may know him uh, once tweeted out during the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray bubble showdown that, you know, they were proof that if there's someone who's a combo guard that you think has the potential to, to create, to have upside like that, that you should bet on them. Cause if they turn into that kind of player, you've hit a home run swing. And I can't help but think of Jamal Murray. When I think of Keontae George, I think that kind of potential of being a stud guard, maybe not a perennial all-star, but someone who makes a hell of a lot of shots and who looks really good, excuse me, playing off of a jumbo initiator. I absolutely think Keontae George has that potential. So I, I can't shake him as a top 10 guy just yet. Um, but he may move down a slot in my next big board that comes out. Um, yeah, he might, he might not. We'll see. Um, let me know what you guys think in the comments. I'll check them out before I leave. Should I release another top 10 next Monday? Cause I'm going to be doing dream again next Tuesday. All right. So today's March 28th. Next Tuesday is April 4th. I'm going to be doing dream again on April 4th at 7 PM. Same time as always. Would you guys like for there to be another top 10, a new one available ahead of that? Would you like for there, you know, to be a top 14? Would you really want more rankings and, and try to get the Knicks range in there? 
Or would you prefer another top 10 and then I'll release a 14 later on more updated? Um, basically, would you rather get the 10 next and then 14 later, meaning technically more updates as in more new versions to see more development to track how I move them up and down my board? Or would you rather just get the 14 for next week? I can go insane <laughs> this weekend and try to have it done to put out on Monday, the third. Um, and then you guys can have a full lottery to ask me about during the show Tuesday. So let me know in the comments what you think. Um, if you think that you would really want the full 14, let me know. Don't be afraid to tweet at me or comment below. Let me know. I'm glad to work on that and do the work that it takes to get that done. It's just a lot. So let me know and I'll start now. All right. Two of you guys are saying um, to go to 14. So I'm going to aim to do that for next week. I saw two comments. Both of them were yes. So let's look at that for next week. I'm going to do my best to have a top 14 ready for you guys. Um, and, and that way uh, we'll have more players to talk about and, and I'll have a board done out to what will likely be the Knicks range. If the Mavericks uh, do win enough games to keep them their pick uh but yeah any questions anything else you can always tweet at me after the show too i'll be glad to answer dm tag me whatever it is you want to do let's rapid fire through a last couple few questions before we head out of here we got a couple minutes to go what's your take on noah Clowney? what's his mindset and work ethic like I will note this for you, Ben, for the next episode. I'm seriously going to write this down. I have watched a lot of Noah Clowney. I have not watched a lot of Noah Clowney interviews. So, yes, I've seen the player a lot. I cannot speak to his mindset or his work ethic right now. And I'm not going to be in the business of making shit up as I say it. Um, and so right now I am marking down to watch several Noah Clowney interviews because I do this for every player, but Clowney was later down on my list. I will bump him to the front for you. That will be ready for you for next Monday. Do not fret, sir. Um, but as a player, I think he's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm based on how he plays. I would infer that he has a good mindset and he has the mindset of someone who will want to improve long-term um, and, and get better and, and play a, a role in the NBA and yada, yada. I do believe in him and buy him long-term. Um, but in terms of his real mindset, hearing what specifically gets him going, what motivates him. I don't know. Um, I'll look into some interviews, see what I can find and update you on this next week during dream. If you can't catch that one live the recording will be available for you afterwards. Ben, thanks for that question. Let's get another one. APJP. I'm trying to get as many in here before we get out of here. If Tibbs is in the draft room, he slams the table for Kaysen, right? Ha. Um that is a good one. That's a good inference. But I'm tempted to say that case I'm tempted to say that because he's not necessarily 
a bursty point guard at all. And he doesn't really have that punch to get to the rim like that, that Tibbs might not care to develop him offensively. Um, over some other guys they could get in that range. You know, remember, um, Tibbs loved Josh Hart. Tibbs loves these guys that are gritty, right? But I also think that, you know, he just drafted Deuce and they've got quickly in Brunson. Um, Thibodeau probably doesn't care the position too much of who they draft, but they told him they were drafting someone who had to play at the point guard spot. He might have a stroke because of the fact that, you know, he's already, he's, they already get mad at him that he doesn't play quickly enough at the point guard. Now he's got to play someone else that the fans are going to want to see. He might have a heart attack. So I actually am going to say, no, he wouldn't slam the table for Kaysen. I think he would be happy to get him. I can try to dig in on this. Maybe I'll find out what he thinks, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's get one more question. APJP. One more. We got 30 seconds. Let's get one more in there. Uh, obviously, this won't end in 30 seconds. I'll say goodbye to you people and all that good stuff. But let's answer one more question. Um, and if there's not one, oh, that was the last question. Okay. Never mind. That was the last question. Thank you, APJP, for your producing throughout this show, for giving me the questions. Um, I appreciate you, man. Behind the boards, behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Um, thanks for listening to me go on for 65 minutes about draft prospects and uh, and for chatting with me beforehand. I appreciate you. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Draft Rules Everything Around Me Dream. I am your host, Chris Persian, and I'll be back next Tuesday at 7 p.m. to talk more draft with you guys. We'll talk updates on March Madness. We'll talk updates on prospect stock. We'll talk updates on my big board. We'll talk who's in the Knicks range, who's not. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Remember, leave a like down below. Subscribe to the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Turn on notifications for the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. If you're listening to this afterwards, go do that anyway. Then leave a five-star rating, leave a review, leave a like on YouTube, whatever it is. Show some support for your boy KP because I am loving doing these streams with y'all and I hope y'all are loving them too. Thank you for popping out to another Draft Rules Everything Around Me dream. Chris Percy and signing out from the Bronx. Oh,